You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome into Sacks in the Basement. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. Pull up a stool at the 9-foot homemade oak bar. Pour a cold one and join us for 30 minutes of Sacks for fans, by fans, and brought to you proudly by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Covering Northwest Indiana, Northern Illinois, Chicagoland area, all your foundational needs. Make sure that everything is in working order in your basement before it is too late. Free estimates and money off if you mention Sacks in the Basement, the phone number on our logo, or visit FAMWS.com. Ed, the White Sox signed Liam Hendricks. How geeked were you when you heard the news? Oh, righty. I threw another shrimp on the bobby and cracked open a Foster's. Seriously, this is something I'm going to have to deal with now for the next four years? No, absolutely not. I'm going to do that one time and one time only, and I'm never, ever going to do that again. Are, are you going to refer to him as the Thunder from Down Under at least once? Uh, no, but I'm I'm guessing... You think Benetti will do that? Benetti, I think, is right now just working out all of his his Australian things. Yes, he's going to... The, the first couple of appearances for Liam Hendricks are going to be interesting to listen to what Jason Benetti and Len Casper do and how many Australian-based puns they come up with. Oh, it's going to get tiresome. It's going to be awful, but who cares? Let's go through this real quick so everybody understands it. This is essentially a three-year, $54 million deal in which the buyout in year four is the exact same amount of money as the option in year four. So he's going to pitch for three for the White Sox. It's going to cost him $15 million right away in year four, or if they decide he's not the player that he should be to get that money at that point, they just let him go and spread it out over 10 years in deferred money that's about a million and a half a year for the next 10 years, which is a way for Rick Hahn to not only give the fourth year that was clearly the hang-up when you read between the lines with what Hendricks's camp wanted. So he finds a, a way to be able to do that and still work with an owner that doesn't like to give contracts to pitchers of more than three years or get locked into that much money on an arm. So what Rick Hahn did was something that we preached on this show before. Know your owner. Know how he likes to do business. He only spends the money when he gets it. So Hahn has to figure out how to work with what he's given because it's on him to work within the organization and the way the organization likes to do business. This was a, a crafty move to be able to figure out how to make the, the player happy and keep the owner happy and on board with the signing. Yeah, and even if you ignore all the stuff we know about Jerry and about his his disdain for having pitchers go more than three years on a contract or the money he doesn't want to spend, it's a very canny move by Rick Hahn and actually a very canny move by Liam Hendricks's camp as well to get that fourth year in place because, if nothing else, Liam Hendricks is 31 years old as we're sitting here right now. Uh, we know that his track record is that he's had this sort of late career renaissance, so the future's a little bit uncertain with him. But for right now, this is, without a doubt, by consensus, the best closer in baseball. And that's what you're paying to get. And if they get that for the next two years, maybe even the next three years, great. If they have to kill that money in the fourth year and they have to eat it because he's not the pitcher, $1.5 is nothing. 
teams do this all the time. I think the Sox are paying Paulie a million a year. Bobby Bonilla Day is still being celebrated in, in you know, in amongst the Mets fandom. So you have this really, really good way of giving Hendricks what he wants and then also giving the Sox an out if he's not any good. And if Hendricks wants to catch on with another team after that buyout has happened, he even stands a chance to make a little bit more money than he would be making. So it's a win-win for everyone, really. And all we're talking about here then is $1.5 million that is not going to handcuff the White Sox for those 10 years. It's just it's not enough money for them to really worry about, which is great because that's what I think we all fear with Jerry is, is that if there's dead money, if there's too much money invested in one player, they're going to take it out on other areas of the team. Right, and you and I were weary of a fourth year for Hendricks. I mean, we wanted him, but that fourth year was scary, and now we've got a pretty solid solution to make everybody happy and bring him on to the team. Now, there are some people that are unhappy. They're like, oh, we could have used that money for something else. Well, you know, what if we had to use that on a bat and we would have just used the bullpen that we have? There are detractors to this deal. Um, I, I'm going to say right now, just because y- you have a, a, a really good bullpen and you think that this $54 million would have been used for a hitter, you don't know what the structure of the deal would have had to be with that that unnamed hitter. And you don't know whether or not ownership would have been cool with the way that you were able to set it up or whether or not they would have gone for a deal like this. So I think that's kind of a... It's a weird thing to be upset about, but there's people that are upset about that that think that this is a lot of money to put into a closer. Yeah, but again, it's $13 million. For 2021, it's $13 million for the best closer in the game. So that makes your bullpen go from this is a really good bullpen to this is a huge strength of the team. And if you're complaining about $13 million for Liam Hendricks, who is, again, best closer in the game, are you not paying attention to the fact that the Nationals just signed Kyle Schwarber to a $10 million guaranteed one-year deal? So for three extra million, best closer in the game, or you can get Kyle Schwarber for $10 million, who has hit his, his best season. Yes, he had 38 home runs, but he hit 250. He's basically at his best what we thought we were getting out of Adam Dunn when he was leaving the Reds. But Schwarber has been in the minors. He has had two down years. He is not really somebody that you're going to sit there and say for $10 million, I got a guarantee with Hendricks for $13 million. You've got a season and a half, the last two seasons, and a guy who has absolutely dominated to the point where, like you said before, MLB Network just named him the top reliever in the league out of all relievers. And we still have the number eight reliever in Aaron Bummer too. So now we've got a great bullpen, whereas for $10 million, you could have gotten a guy to play DH. And you also have to think about the upgrade over the position last year. Let's just put him head to head with Colome. Uh, and and I know that people say, well, Colome has got the longer track record. And I brought that up too. But it, this is a what have you done for me lately game. You know, guys get injuries, guys, get, you know, they, they become head cases, guys, you know, some guys make vast improvements. Let's just look at 2019, the last full season that these two guys had. A- Alex Colome put on a little over, just slightly over, one base runner per inning, 1.066 whip. Liam Hendricks was lower than that. And actually in the shortened season, he put on two-thirds of a human being every inning. Uh, A a tiny, tiny little ball player, not a full-size ball player, but a tiny one every inning with a 0.671 whip. That's insane. He was in the top 10 of the Cy Young voting with how he pitched 
in the shortened season. But here's the stat that really gets me. Over the last two years, Colome comes in at right around a home run every nine innings. As a closer, that means every nine times he comes out there, oh, he gave up a home run in the ninth. Yeah. And imagine if it's a one-run game, right? Hendricks, a home run every 18 innings. That's huge. Like, like, that's such a big difference. And when you're dealing with a closer who's going to have to come in and nail down a game, Tony La Russa is going to love him. And he's going he's gonna to be this guy who's going to come in. And you're going to feel like when you get to the ninth inning, the game is already over. The game is over at that point. There's no more reason to worry. You, you, when you come off the mound in the eighth, you already felt like you won if you had the lead. That's the kind of guy that he is. You're going to feel like it's already over. Like when Thigpen went out and just was couldn't blow a save that year when he had like the, the record. The 57 saves, yeah. Right, that's what it'll feel like. It'll feel like, oh, here comes the ninth inning, and uh, Thiggy will come in, and we're going to win this game. That It's going to be like that now with Liam Hendricks. Well, can I give you one other number from Alex Colomay? Yeah, go ahead. His last two years, his contract was worth, on an annual basis, $10,532,500. So you have spent $2.5 million more for the next three years for Liam Hendricks, and you probably need to give that to Alex Colomay, too, because he's not coming back here for the exact same amount. He's going to want to raise because he's had right. a couple of good years. You know, there's no way we can sign an Australian baseball player without talking to the Aussie Sox fan at Aussie Sox fan known by his mother as Jason Hosking. Jason, how are you? Very good, Chris. Thanks for having me on, mate. I'm pumped. I'm excited for you. I, like, what was it like as an Australian living in Iowa who gets in his car and drives in just in any time he can get Sox tickets, such a big White Sox fan, to have his countrymen sign that big contract and be really, at this point, I think it's the biggest contract so far of the offseason. Yeah, it was absolutely sensational news. The last 24 hours I was sitting there and I made for the last month and a half, Chris, we were wondering if the Sox were going to pencil anyone down and, you know, the Hendricks talk was up and about and around Sox Twitter and MLB shows and whatever. I think I took Dave's approach and started playing Dungeons and Dragons for a while thinking there's no way it's going to happen <laughs> and lo and behold, last night, oh, I started getting tweets from people. Yeah, so I, I did some research. My phone is absolutely blowing up. And I was absolutely wrapped, mate. Uh, it was unbelievable news to have Hendricks, an Australian, playing for the White Sox. Big contract, big player. Oh, I just can't wait now. I mean, it's just a cherry on the top so far for me being an Aussie, mate. Well, I'll tell you this. It's, it's interesting. First of all, Sox in the basement, we do see that we pull some Aussies. We get some people who listen actually in your country. That, that are sitting there listening to Sox in the basement. But on top of that, I went to Sydney a few years ago, and there's White Sox hats everywhere. Now, I learned it was more because it was made popular in, in you know, pop culture, and people just wear them because they look cool. But how big do you think it is that, like, Australia's own Liam Hendricks now plays for the White Sox? Are we going to be the team of Australia now? It'll certainly be on a lot of people's uh, lips and eyes, mate. Yeah, there'll be a lot tuning in. And going back to the hats, thinking, you know, the, maybe the late 90s, it was all about the, the rap music and the pop culture with the Easy e and the Dr. Dre hats. 
but nah, more and more now, the more baseball's gotten a lot bigger, White Sox have gotten a lot bigger, and I think it's, um, I think they're legit baseball Sox fans over there walking around Sydney and Melbourne and, you know, Perth, Brisbane, I don't want to single any cities out or leave them out, but <laughs> it's happening, mate. I bet they're all excited. I'm sure they're excited as well, and you are too. I look forward to a day we can get out there very soon and have a couple of beers and watch your mate go out there and close the game down one, two, three. Sound good? Well, I set off the fireworks. Yes, it does, mate. All right. Follow him on Twitter, at Aussie Sox Fan. Thanks a lot, Jason. No worries, Chris. Cheers, mate. Sox in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Joining me on the phone line right now, good friend of the show, Future Sox knows everything that's going on, you know, with uh, with the Sox of the future. That's the easiest <laughs> way to put it, right, James? And then we also have uh, James Fox from from Sports Illustrated Southside Sox. Man, the man does so much. How are you, my friend? Big day. We have another big acquisition for the White Sox. We're clearly the team to beat, or at least one of them in the American League. And I'm excited. I'm sure you are as well. It was it was awesome. I'm like this is uh, fantastic. I wrote an article, obviously, over it. Southside talks about it last week, basically saying that, you know, people should have their eyes peeled and that it was going to happen. And then it didn't happen. And I was getting kind of nervous, but they got it done. So that's good. It's a big addition. Uh, Let's talk about the fact that you are the guy that nailed the Luis Robert extension. You put the feelers out there like, don't be surprised if Aloya Menez signed so he can be here to start the season. You did write the article last week about Hendricks and then you tweeted today while talking about several different topics that you think that Lucas Giolito is going to sign an extension. How sure are you on that one, James? Well, I mean, I'm not positive, obviously. but fr- So Friday is like the arbitration day where teams exchange figures. And Giolito and Lopez are the only two unsigned guys for the Sox right now. So, yeah, I'd heard that the Sox and Giolito are talking. They've talked in the past. And it, it's not like Giolito has been opposed to signing. He's just, you know, he's just kind of fine going year to year, it seems. But obviously the Sox would like to get something done. I would imagine to some degree having Ethan Katz as a new pitching coach probably helps. I think this extension, if it happens, would look like more of a traditional extension, though. This this one's going to be pretty good money. This, this one's not going to be some agent exploiting a Latin American teenager to you know get a five percent off the signing bonus this one will be you'll look at this one and you'll be like oh yeah that's uh sounds about right so if if it happens if not they'll probably still talk but my guess is if he takes a one-year deal 
at like the arbitration number before Friday. It probably doesn't happen, but I'll, I'll say nobody should be surprised if like all of a sudden they announce an extension this week. Okay, very good. Now, let's talk about the, the signings that are going to happen on Friday. Cespedes, a lot of people saying he's the best guy that's available in that class. What, what is your thoughts on the class that the Sox are expected to bring in on Friday internationally? So I'm glad they're actually signing an international class. I mean, I feel like we came, I came on last year and was, you know, a bat out of hell just complaining that they didn't spend all their money. So they're spending all their money. That's good. Iwoki Cespedes is, you know, 23 years old, I believe, outfielder. Um, Marco Patti was on 670 to score this weekend talking about how advanced he is. So, I mean, he, he was always considered like kind of a tweener. Because he he was more of a corner profile, um, but without the power to go with it. Well, Marco Patti, you know, basically said that they think he can play center field. He's not going to need to play center field because of Luis Robert, obviously. But, I mean, it's plus arm, plus run. He's been down at his brother Yoenis' ranch, like, since he's defected, just, like, doing nothing but eating and, and hitting and swinging bats. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to finally have, you know, some more quotes and stuff from the organization Friday and to have some clarity as far as where they're going to send him. You know, my guess is he's he's back half of the top 10 in their system as far as prospects goes, and he's probably at Winston-Salem or Birmingham to start. And from the way Marco Patti talked, like, I don't, you know, nobody should be surprised if he's in the big leagues, you know, as early as next year, like 2022. I don't think we'll see him this year, obviously, but he could be part of your outfield mix soon. I mean, he is 23 years old. And then their other big signing is Norhe Vera. He's another Cuban, twenty-year-old right-hander, projectable, six-foot-four fastball. Gets up to has gotten up to ninety-seven. He's got pretty good secondaries with a curveball and a slider. I, I would say he's similar to you know we talk about Andrew Dahlquist, Matthew Thompson. The bonus amount is like one and a half million dollars. That's right around what those guys would have got. Right, right there, like a prep second rounder type. But I mean, that's another guy that's you know probably in the six to. 10 range on their top 30 prospects list. He should probably be in Kannapolis in the star-studded rotation with, with Jared Kelly, Andrew Dahlquist, and, and Matthew Thompson. So they're adding, you know, adding two pretty significant pieces on Friday, in addition to six or seven other names that are more in the traditional, like, 16-year-old sense. I mean, the names that you're rattling off, these are all these young pitchers that were, like, the high school signings. I remember a few years ago, how you talked about how when Nick Hostetler was actually handling the draft and was more involved in that kind of scouting, that one of the things he wanted to do was go get players like that. Those guys are all almost like lottery tickets where if one or two of them show up, you've got yourself a high-end starter that shows up in a couple of years. And we always focus on the guys that are on the cusp of coming onto this team. But the fact that you're saying He's just like that guy, those guys. He's just like a a Dalquist or a Matthew Thompson. That to me is exciting about him. And I I just kept focusing on Cespedes, but it seems like this is a pretty good pickup as well. Yeah, I think they both are. I, I Norhe Vera was super exciting. You know, he had a showcase. I think, you know, we might have talked about him on the podcast a little bit before because like the White Sox agreed to this deal, I think, like way back in February, because they thought that they thought that the signing period was going to start in July. So my guess is, you know, they probably had Cespedes locked up for a while too, and we finally, like, caught wind of it. But, yeah, like, he, you know, Norhe Vera could be a top-five prospect in their system at this time next year. I mean, they're really – the pitching infrastructure really, like, thinks very highly of what he's going to be. He's been – I mean, because he technically 
agreed to terms in February. Like they can't say anything, but he's, he's actually been at their facility in the Dominican, I think for the majority of like this time. So like they've had coaches that have seen him, but he can't be on prospect list. He, you know, he couldn't play at affiliates. The whole international market is very, very strange. And like when these guys can sign and when they can't. So I said that they're pretty significant. I mean, the guys are older. So like, I think you could argue that some of the teams that splurge on 16 year olds are getting far more upside um, you know, these guys are a little bit safer because they're, they're probably quicker to the majors and they've played international competitions and stuff like that before. A big week, though, for the White Sox. You get Liam Hendricks. You're getting uh, two pretty good prospects, it sounds like. And as James said, maybe, outside chance, possibly, we'll see something happen with Lucas Giolito. So, this, I mean, this is, you know what, after a very dry spell, nice week. Nice week for being a White Sox fan. I'm, I'm kind of happy with this week. I'm sure you are too because, you know, you're not talking about the same thing over and over again. Now we can sit around and wait for more Tony La Russa guys, right? Like when is Adam Wainwright signing? Or, you know, Tommy LaStella wants to stay in his house in Chicago. So maybe he'll sign to be a DH early in the season. So, yeah, those are the, you know, the White Sox are in a pretty good spot where I think they could wait and let the market come to them at this point. I think they are going to add another starter. There's been a lot of talk about, them making a trade, I, I think I would lean towards just signing somebody at this point. Keep your prospects and reevaluate at the deadline. You know, anybody that they would deem an upgrade, I think it's going to cost quite a bit. You know, like your Corbin Burns from the Brewers or Sonny Gray or one of, like those guys are going to cost quite a bit. An interesting month to watch, James. Thanks for checking in with us. I appreciate it always. And uh, make sure that you check out James. Future Sacks, Southside Sacks, Sports Illustrated. The man is everywhere, popping up on the radio now. He's, he, you, you cover the entire White Sox universe, and I appreciate that you stop by on Sacks in the Basement. Thanks, my friend. Thanks for having me, Chris. Are you a CFO, HR professional, or owner of a company, big or small, and you're tired of the typical health insurance premium increases each and every year? out-of-control premiums with no end in sight. Well, now there is the Elite Benefits Formula. This process has saved employers and their employees thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars each year. These strategies are avoided by most insurance professionals, and the insurance companies definitely do not want you to know about them. But Elite Benefits of America is ready to help you. Just about all employers in the Chicagoland area can now take advantage of some or all of these strategies and start saving money. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. So you and I have had this fear, and I think it was a legitimate fear, that the money wasn't getting spent. If they turn around now and they extend Giolito, and think about it, they still have to go out and get that fourth starter, and everything indicates that they're going to go out and get one more, either through free agency or trade. So that's going to add payroll. And I think they still need to go get a hitter, and a lot of people are saying that, Tony La Russa's into guys like Tommy LaStella. So you could be adding two more players to his team and extending Giolito. Look at the rest of the offseasons going on right now in Major League Baseball. How the Yankees are frozen in place, waiting on DJ LeMahieu. Yep. And they have one starter in Garrett Cole, 
Jordan Montgomery had a five ERA or higher, and he's supposed to be their number two. Severino doesn't get back till midway through the year, and then he just got a bunch of crap, and they haven't done anything. But now when you look at the overall body of work compared to how the market's going, they are, every couple of weeks, making a deal. And you have to be happy with that. If they stop, I'll have complaints. But I'm now starting to get a little bit of internal faith that they have more moves to make and that the people who had the buzz about these previous moves, they were right, and they're still buzzing about the idea of adding another bat and adding another uh, fourth, another starter towards the bottom part of the rotation. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and it, it, on Monday in the Mismatch Sox blog, I noted that I owed Rick Hahn maybe a little bit of slack because this deal for Hendricks and the Liam Hendricks situation, the closer situation, seemed to be being held up, not because of Rick Hahn necessarily, but because whatever was going on with Hendricks and the other teams that were involved, clearly nobody was willing to give him exactly what he wanted, but he was holding up the process. And you don't go and just sign Brad Hand and say he's good enough. You don't just necessarily go and say, I can get Alex Colome back for the same price. So Rick waiting on Liam Hendricks makes sense. If this frees him up to start making his other moves, extending Giolito, going and getting another bat, going and getting another starter, then it's worth the wait. Closer is more important right now, I think, than getting a DH because there's a lot of professional hitters on the market. There's very few closers. And I would say that in the ranking of things that we need, DH would be the next, you know, that bat would be the next spot that I want to see him go because at least you've got multiple guys lined up to take that fourth and fifth starter role. And you don't really have anybody on the roster right now who can step in and be a DH unless you believe Andrew Vaughn's ready 55 games in. Right. And now I want you to think of something else. All these free agents have been sitting around for a ridiculous length of time. And they're starting to learn that they're likely going to have to take a one or two year deal. In fact, Hendricks is one of the only long term contracts that has been signed. Him and McCann, so really? Yeah. And and so if you're a free agent and you see there's so many guys that are pretty similar to you and you're starting to wrap your head around the idea you might have to take a one year deal with a one year option. Would you rather go to a team that you don't know what their plan is, how they're hanging in financially? and whether or not they're going to be a contender this year, or would you like to go to the team that everybody across the board in all national media, especially after the Hendricks deal, is proclaiming the White Sox are the odds-on favorite to go to the World Series as the American League representative? They've done more in the offseason than anybody else. They've got all this talent, and they're ready to go. I, I, you may get a guy who sits there and says, well, if I have to take less than what I wanted but I want to play, maybe I'll at least win something. And now all of a sudden, a guy who's a hitter that you you were like, well, we might not be able to get him because he's got four other options when he sit there and say, I want to go I want to go play for them. Just like there's people that are probably like, I'd like to go play for the, the Padres. Look at what they're doing. You know, I'd like to go play for the Mets. Look at what they're doing. That's also something that gets added in here that the Sox have kind of established themselves as this is our team and we want to win and players are going to start noticing it. Lance Lynn is a good pickup. That's a big-time pickup. There are a lot of teams that wish they had him. Now Hendricks is a huge pickup. You went out and got the best guy available. So now you're you're building on this team that's already here, and we may not like every move that they're doing, but they're going now become something that's attractive to somebody who's like, well, I got these four teams that are all offering me the same thing, but I can go play for the Sox and maybe win. There's a reason why 
Trevor Bauer and his agent keep throwing accolades at the White Sox. I mean, they're probably using that to try and drum up some false interest because I don't think that the Sox are, are putting out the cash for Trevor Bauer. Oh my gosh, but, this, how about this, Trevor? We'll sign you to a two-year deal with five option years. Yeah. Okay? And a bunch of incentives because you've always been talking about the idea that you you would love to have the one or two year deal and the prove it thing so you can make more money because that's how you were going to do free agency. And now you're out there asking for long term deals and big money because you want to prove to your ex teammate Garrett Cole that you're better than him. Please, this guy is so full of crap. I, I become less and less enamored with Trevor Bauer. If they signed him tomorrow, I'd be like, yes, nice deal. We're a big time player. If they don't sign him, I'm not upset about it. No. Because I think he's being very unreasonable right now in this market. You know, the point of it of Trevor Bauer at this point is is really more not so much about what he could bring to the team because we know he's a good pitcher and, and all that, but the fact that the White Sox are on Trevor Bauer's radar, he's paying attention to their moves, is something that you can you can assume pretty safely that other free agents are also looking at the White Sox. Right. He's like, can I come here too? He's, that's what you're, um, That's what I read in between the lines. Not that he's coming to the White Sox, but a talent like that is like, hey, can I come too? He 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 likes the idea of pitching six innings, turning it over, and going knowing that his win is secure because the seventh is taken care of by these guys that last year were our eighth inning guys. The eighth inning is taken care of by a guy like Aaron Bummer, and then the ninth is taken care of. It's just absolutely taken care of. The good news is Major League Baseball sent a letter to all the teams telling them, get ready, we're starting spring training on time and expect a 162-game season. And the indications are, from several uh, national beat reporters, they intend to have a plan in place to not only have fans in the stands in spring training, but also to have some way for fans to go see a ball game starting in the beginning of the year. Now, I'm sure they'll run into weird local laws and things like that, but man, if they can just get this vaccine out to the right people and 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 take care of those that are most in danger, imagine the idea we might be able to sit back and have a hot dog and watch a ball game very, very soon. And look how good they're going to be. It's it's just, it's so wonderful. I I can't think of anything else right now. I, I couldn't go to sleep after the Hendrick signing. I was so happy. No. I wasn't even going to drink that night. I started pouring myself drinks at the bar, okay, and <laughs> looking up stats. I was so excited, like... I wish they would make these announcements. I wish this stuff would break at 10 a.m. so I could let the adrenaline get through my system. These late-night decisions are killing me these days. Then I'm up all night long. I thought you wanted them to start at 10 so that you could just day drink instead of having to worry about doing it at night. Well, that too. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.